So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 6 of Before the 90 Days. On this episode, we meet Statler, who seems to fall instantly in love with any British accent. Violet makes some questionable jokes about Riley's appearance. Christian greets Cleo at the airport with a kiss. David tells us about his banana and Sheila's donut. And Jasmine keeps trying to unsuccessfully turn Gino on. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Not too bad. I'm um, doing pretty good, actually. I got some stuff taken care of that was stressing me out because it needed to get done within the past, you know, within a certain amount of time. So, you know, I got my big summer. That was my big summer task. So that's done. And uh, yeah. So everything else is just gravy from here on out. How about you? That's good. Uh, things are, I don't want to say stressful, tiring. Tiring, I think, is the okay. best. Uh, shift work is difficult. I work yeah. 12 to 4 a.m. and p.m. So I don't get a very good amount of sleep at one time. And it's very weird. And I know it's going to take me like over a month to recover when I get home. <laughs> yeah, that's well, uh, and I know that you don't have a month to recover when you get home. So no, that could be an I issue don't. With you. <laughs> well, yeah, that and in combination with that is like I naturally wake up in the middle of the night, and sometimes I'm wide awake for an hour. So this is like really like leaning into that bad habit. So no, oh, I, 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 it leans into the bad habit, but it's also that is that is tough because I know a lot of people need the eight hours of sleep, and it's very hard to do when it's like your eight hours starts now. You have to sleep now. Go now. This is, oh, anything you don't get comes off your eight hours. Right. Yeah. That just, it just simply doesn't happen. So, okay. But I have very few problems compared to these people, I am sure. I mean, I don't even have to watch the episode to know. My I know. problems are yeah. so much smaller. Uh, they're smaller, less small, but also less because of your own doing. So let's start with Gino <laughs> and Jasmine. Oh, good. I always get excited to hear about them every week. Uh-huh. All right. So, Gino and Jasmine. So, we're back in the high rise and Jasmine is stepping out to – well, she tells Gino she's stepping out to do some errands um, and also to give Gino time for her to not be around. But really, the reason is she wants to go out because she wants to make the uh, voice – or not the voice call, a um, – what's it called? Voice uh, FaceTime with um, her hot Australian ex-Dane. Why does she even have to do that? She lives in the same building as him. <laughs> okay, so she'd explain that he's on vacation, which was oh, okay, which is nice for her because she kept being afraid they were going to like run into each other, and Gina was going to find out that she lived in the same building as her hot Australian uh, ex, okay. Dane. Okay. So like he's I don't know he he's somewhere tropical. Um. Anyway, so she tells Dane the embarrassing truth about that how he. She and Gino is are still not having sex. They've had like the one time they heard about last time is the only time so far. And he's been here for like a week. So luckily for Jasmine, like I said, he, uh, we already put that part that part. Dane's out of town. They're not going to run into her. So producers asked Jasmine if she's being hypocritical by going around and talking to her ex when clearly she would never let Gino do the same thing. And she says as much. They're like, would you let Gino talk to an ex? And she was like, over my dead body. Absolutely not. <laughs> but she says she's not being a hypocrite. Because 
Well, she's more trustworthy than Gino is. He would be up to nefarious nonsense. She just is getting advice from a friend. So anyway, she she complains to Dane about how everything uh, – Gino needs everything to be his way and also tells him about the prenup thing. So Dane says that Jasmine is being – is just, you know, so confident and so independent and in such a, a catch that she needs a confident person to be with, which is definitely not Gino. So it's something she needed to hear. Basically, any compliment at all was what she needed to hear. But she doesn't like that it wasn't coming from Gino at all. It was coming from her ex of all people. So Dane suggests that maybe these two might want to do couples therapy because uh, this is not working. And uh, But Jasmine does – but she also does really seem to want to stick this out for some reason. Like she keeps saying how much she loves Gino. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we come back to the two of them later, ready to go out with Gino having like – like a thousand yards. He just is like she he puts sunscreen on her on his neck and he just is like is like staring off into nothingness, just like uh looks terrible. Um so he also doesn't put sunscreen anywhere else. So I don't know. I which I did I was confused about because obviously I need my, you know, partner to help me with my back, the part of the back I can't reach. But the back right. of my neck is not that part. Like he was wearing a shirt and he literally just had yeah. to do his neck. It was weird. But she was like, no, no, no. We'll give you um, sunscreen other places – some other places too and then starts putting it on his legs, including like all the way up underneath his shorts, which is definitely not a place you need to put sunscreen. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's not she, seeing the sun. <laughs> exactly. And it's not seeing anything else either because um, that's as far as anything goes. He did not get the hint that she was trying to you know, flirt with him and come on to him and was just like, OK, time to go. Let's go. So they go. Where they were, the place they're going, they go to the park where they're working out, I guess. They do some jogging. They do some stretches that in, involve hip thrusts for some reason. Okay. And, um, and, of course, squats where she has to do the creepy guy at the gym thing and show him correct form for doing the squats, you know, which involves like standing right behind your butt while he puts his butt in your crotch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyway. So he's th- he's not a fan of this. He feels that, like this is a bit like uh, some some some. This is more private, uh, intimate moments that maybe we shouldn't be doing in public. So she tells him that these maybe these exercises will help him get rid of some of his robotic sex movements. <laughs> like oh, he's God. like it's just like very. He's like I'm good at it. It's fine. She's like yeah. So that brings it back about how to how to only they've only he only done it once so far on this trip. And he's clearly uncomfortable talking about this in public. So he blames them for fighting, but she kind of counters with, okay, even when we're not fighting, you still don't want to do it. She's super frustrating for her and she's getting increasingly bold about trying to do things to get him turned on, even in public. She feels like he's not reciprocating at all in the relationship and she makes him promise that if they start or stop or she tries to make him promise at least that if they start stop arguing, they'll start having sex. And his response to that was, can we go home now? So it doesn't seem like he agreed. So later on, she's trying to teach him a little bit of salsa dancing since that's what they're doing like tonight. They're going to meet with some of her friends and go out for a night of dancing. The friends, of course, are the friends that um, we saw earlier in the season when they gifted Jasmine butt plugs. It's those two friends. Oh, God. And they have some serious doubts about Gino, especially hearing only hearing bad things from Jasmine. So after Kate taking care – After talking to Dane earlier, Jasmine tells us that maybe she should listen to her friends more since her judgment might be off a little bit when it comes to Gino. So, I mean, that's accurate. So he wants to make a good impression. So he attempts – so he does agree to 
dance and I guess he does move his body when there's music on so that I officially counts as dancing, I suppose. Whatever it is he does, it's very like we had before. Very robotic. So they say both of the friends say that Gino isn't really their type. He's old. He's yeah, but maybe he looks okay from behind for his age. Which oh is God! Kind of weird. Yeah, that's well. Everyone looks good from behind, right? There's nothing to see. I mean, that basically means he has a good. He has an okay butt, like right. That's that's all that can possibly mean from behind. I he's, don't even he's wearing think he, a hat too. I think he has one of those like weird like butts that don't exist. They just kind of melt into his legs. Yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with that kind of butt, but um, yes, that generally does look okay when you wear clothes because clothes are kind of mostly made for people who don't have butts. Mm. So anyway, I think it was that. They jump back. They come back and sit down, the four of them, and one of the friends asks Jasmine if you – did you get a chance to use those butt plugs we bought you? And Gino's expression goes immediately from like smiling to looking like he's going to throw up. So they haven't (laughs) used them. Which brings up, well, have you ever had anal sex with anybody? Or just, we know we haven't. You had it have it with Jasmine. What about somebody else? And he's just like, I don't want to talk about this. Let's change the subject. So she, he changes the subject to how they met Jasmine, which quickly boomerangs back into a conversation about being cheated on and cheating on other people. And this is when it slips that Gino knows that earlier today uh, Jasmine was video chatting with Dane. So he's super suspicious about the situation. Uh he tells us mostly it's because she was just because she was hiding it. She wasn't being upfront about it. Um, so he tries, he gets one of the friends away from her and starts talking to her. Not like a weird, it's just they happen to be apart. It's not like he was like, you know, kidnapping her and dragging her away. But so he asks the friend, and this is the one friend that speaks English, if he, if, if she knows anything about this Dane guy. And she's like, oh yeah, they dated like right before you did. <laughs> she met you, but they're friends now. So, but he knows that Jasmine would, and this is his quote, blow a nut if he was talking to an ex, which is not – that okay. doesn't mean what he thinks it means, I don't think. Um, so this is a big red flag situation for her, for him. All right. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you kind of buy uh, Jasmine's um, story and that like she's right to be more jealous of him when he's talking to an ex um, or do you think she's being – hypocritical in this situation. Oh, she's definitely being hypocritical because, you know, I feel like if Dane said to her, you know, like, oh, instead of, oh, you should go to couples therapy, which I don't know, is a weird thing for him to suggest when it's very clear these two people should not be together. The right advice would be maybe you should consider this relationship like and really think about leaving this person. But I think he's afraid to say that because I think it would almost imply like, leave him, come back to me, you know, take given the source. And but if he were to do that, I'm sure she would like jump on that opportunity. I I don't know, but she would. It's I mean, at least at least the character she's putting on the way she's acting on the show she just like really desperately wants Gino and I can't figure out why. I cannot figure out why either. The only thing that I could possibly think of is that, you know, she has lost a lot, right? She lost mm -hmm. her career, essentially. She lost and as a result of losing her career, she's lost her source of income. The only thing that I could possibly think of is, you know, to lose these major things in your life. And to, um, 
you know, really admit to yourself that it's because of this person, I think would be a lot, right? Because Uh it's almost like, you know, I made the wrong decision with a partner and it ruined my life. Yeah. Who's Mm. awful. Like it's, yeah. And it's like, and this is a person I should never, not only did this ruin my life being with this person, but it was an awful choice to be with him. Like it wasn't a good choice. He wasn't a good match. He wasn't a good person. Like, and I didn't really like him all that much. Right. You know, like. I just think that's really hard to reconcile with yourself to admit those bigger things. And I think that's the reason why it's very hard for her. It's almost like she has to lie to herself and keep on repeating it to herself until it becomes her truth. You know, like, I really love this man. It's worth it. Everything's worth it for love. And I mean, Mm -hmm. there is that possibility that, you know, if this visa goes through that her life can improve. Um, you know, because and not improving because she's going to America, because I think that's kind of a ridiculous premise of the show sometimes is like your yeah. life is automatically going to be better. It's like, well, in some ways, maybe, but in other ways, probably not. And mm-hmm. I just think for her situation right now, if she's thinking about this from a completely financial point of view, yes, your financial situation is going to improve coming to America because you are basically going to be financially dependent on your partner. Whereas right now, if she were to be single and stay in Panama, like she has a very big question mark over her financial stability. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I I get where she's coming from with the, with the, I'm not a hypocrite thing. Now I do think she is a hypocrite because things were different, weren't any different before, but if I would, if I, you know, and she, because she's hiding it, right? Like, yeah. Because it comes out with, yeah, I would be like, yeah, Gino, you can't talk to your exes because you know why? Because when you talk to your exes, you send them nudes of me and I lose my fucking job. Like that's why you don't get to talk to your exes anymore, right? Like you've blown that. But it's not like before that happened, she was all good and fine with him talking to his exes, right? Right, right. It's not like before he crossed that line, he was like, it was like, no, 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 I was okay with it until you ruined my life by talking to your ex. So you can't yeah. talk to an ex anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's just her her situation is so is dependent on him. Yeah, it is hypocritical, like I think, because it's like, but I mean, and I understand why it's hypocritical. And I, I think it's just because of the trust, right? It's like mm-hmm. she can talk to her ex and know at least in herself, at least she can tell herself. Right. That, she knows you know, it's innocent quote-unquote yeah. right she right. knows it's innocent but when he does it she doesn't have that same security so that's why she's gonna freak out when he talks to next right yeah i mean and i think you're right so much of this is and i think part of your that is you're right she's so enamored with him and she's so like i'm in love with him because it's really terrifying to admit because right now her life depends on his money more or less yeah Right. She has no way to do anything. Right. And to admit that I don't even like that person (laughs) is to put yourself in a in a whole different place where you're like she is completely reliant on him. And to be like, am I really reliant on somebody that I don't even like? And that's part of the reason that the therapy I don't think is going to happen and isn't going to work is because neither of them are neither of them are being honest with themselves either because he's also not honest with himself that that. He actually likes this situation a lot where she's completely dependent on him and he gets to control everything. You know what I'm saying? Like she she can't be independent of him 
And I no, think no. he likes it that way, whether yeah, or not he, he would admit control. that or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just so far behind therapy. Like it's. I, yeah. Because, I feel I mean, like therapy. Look, he's he's unwilling to really be open and honest. And just based on your description of, you know, his reaction every time some topic of sex comes up. It's every like time. this is yeah. clearly a thing that he is not comfortable talking about. And I don't think therapy is going to all of a sudden be the magical thing that allows him to open up. Right. I mean, it, 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 that would, to me, that is just, it's symptomatic of a deeper thing. But even if it was just that, like, I don't know how the relationship mm-hmm. can survive one person putting so much of their, of the relationship. Like, Jasmine A is a sexual person, right? She's just yeah. she's just a hornier person than than Gino is. But also, she's specifically not just horny, but she also puts in the health of the relationship is directly relational to how much we have sex. And if we're not yes. having sex, then the relationship is not doing well, right? And I we right. can and part of that is she, you know, trying to take the shortcut of just being like, well, if I can just make sex happen more, then the relationship is fixed. We're good, right? Which is yeah. not not right. But he is just – like just their libidos being misaligned is damn near a deal breaker for making this relationship work long term. But the right. fact that their libidos are misaligned and they have completely different interpretations of what sex means in the relationship is like even a double whammy. And then the fact that the that everything we're saying is emblematic of way deeper issues that it's like I think therapy might be able to deal with – if you're ju- if it was just your libidos being misaligned, you might be able to get through it with therapy. But that was that that's just the the symptom, you know, outer symptom of something that's way deeper. Well, I think the thing is, is that she really needs to feel loved, right? And if we kind of think about the love languages, Gino doesn't really offer any of these things to Jasmine, really. Any of them. I, yeah. Yeah, really any of them. And so, like, I think Jasmine probably, if I were to guess, would be physical touch and gifts. Right. She does sure. put a lot of, you know, like thought into or she really receives gifts like as a, oh, you thought about me, you care about me. And Gino doesn't do any of these things. And but no. like he doesn't do any of, the any of them. Languages. Like literally any of them. What was it? Right. I'm trying to think whether you got gifts. No, he doesn't do. He tr- he does that only because he feels like he's obligated and he always does a crappy job. Right. Quality time might be the only thing like, you know, he does make an effort to go see her. He he's I mean, from the very, very beginning, we saw that they do spend a lot of time video chatting with one another. Right. But then, I mean, that one kind of got blow. I feel like that this season they've just been like blowing up pop, like the all of the love languages, like obviously no physical touch, obviously right. no gifts. She tried to spend quality time by, oh, we'll sit here and we'll cook a meal together. That'll be something. Oh, and he's just right, like, right. I don't have the proper equipment. And went off and went to bed. Like, it's like, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so he doesn't, he doesn't do acts of service for hell no. no. Like, oh, definitely not. Right? Words yeah. of affirmation? No. Like, nope. <laughs> he, and all of it is like, he kind of tries, but like, I don't know. It just, I, I'm starting to get disturbed and we really haven't seen it. it how much. Jasmine has been apologizing to him. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. It, 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 it's it's feeling like like the abuse. I'm sorry I made you so mad, baby. Like, I, I, I didn't mean to do that. Like, 
that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's getting gross. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of gross people, let's go to Riley and Violet. Um, all right. So today is, by the way, there were a lot of people that were missing from this episode. So we're, we're okay, go good because I was like, we're never going to get through this podcast. <laughs> we spent twenty minutes talking about just Gino and Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. So today is the day that Riley is going to meet Violet's mom and children, or at least in theory. So he says he's been talking and texting with the daughters for a while now. So he's excited to meet them. I'm already like putting a plant, a thing on the ground, being like, "Wait, what? What? Like that seems that seems unusual to me." Like, oh, yeah, I've been texting her daughters. So he, I know how old are her daughters. So they're um, like 17 and 19. Oh, okay. No. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just like, yeah, it didn't it, – it seemed off to me that he said that already and I was like, ah. So yeah. anyway, so he can't – we can't just go straight there though because uh, Violet has a pre-meeting detour. He, so she tell, she meets him a few blocks away from the from where they're going and takes him to a shop to get him a custom Odai, you know, the traditional Vietnamese formal wear. And she says that there are a few places she wants to go that's going to require him to wear one. So he's got to get one. And, you know, he, so they go and they get them and they to get it ready in a few days. So – and the tailor at the shop talks to Violet while they're while she's measuring, and oh, she's like really mean to him. Like her her humor is very very mean. Like I do believe she's making jokes, but they're not funny, and they're well, they're, they're really not just like nice to each other. I mean, he's not. made the same stupid jokes back, you know. Like, what's the thing they always said? Like they hate their faces or something stupid yeah, like that. That's what it was. It was like. So it started off with like, you know, she measured him around the a midsection and she was like, hmm, that's a big number. Hmm. Right. Like fatty, fatty. And then she starts talking in Vietnamese to, to the tailored person. To the, to the, it's a woman. It's a shop girl. And she's doing the measurements and, you know, they're talking in Vietnamese and she was like, eh, isn't he old and ugly? Look how old and ugly he is. And then, <laughs> and then Riley is like, well, wait, what, what, what are you saying? She's like, I said you were old and ugly. <laughs> like, like. And he's like, did you really say that? And she's like, yeah, that's what I said. So he really doesn't get her sense of humor. And I think that's been her sense of humor. And he tries to give give as good as he gets, but he doesn't know how because he doesn't know where his line goes. And she just thinks that maybe Americans are just too sensitive. So they leave <laughs> and, and on the way out, Violet gets a message on her phone and they get in a huge fight about it. So she dings in her phone. She kind of answers the text or whatever. And Riley wants to know who it was. And she's just like, None of your business who it was, but he thinks they – he thinks it's because it's some sort of like nefarious thing because when he looked at her phone, there was like a, a, some sort of picture with a guy with his shirt off. I don't know if it was a profile picture or if he sent that picture. I don't know. But he just says, well, you're being too sketchy and like walks away. So then producers later scrambling to catch up with him as Violet kind of you know follows him down the street and he stops and he's like ranting a little bit and he, she gets there and she says that this person that she was messaging was a fellow teacher at her school and like her work bestie um, and she says she even set him up with his girlfriend right now. So it's not like it's a thing between him and her. So in an interview though, he says he doesn't get it. Like sure, she cares for Riley – or she doesn't get it. She doesn't get why he wants to look at his messages. She's like, whatever. I'm seeing this guy, but it's not like you're married or it's a partner. How dare he? Like, who asked to see a phone? That's like weird. So he doesn't ask. She does it's not like she asks him about who he's texting at all. 
So she, and then he says she's a liar about stuff and she says she never lied to him. But then he has a few instances of like, well, what about this? What about this? What about your husband? What about when you told me you did something at the visa office? And then she defends herself by, you know, kind of making excuses and then saying like, I wasn't lying. You're just not paying attention to when I explain things to you. I already told you about that. So anyway, he tells her this isn't working to help them get past their problems, which is part of the reason, a big part of the reason he came here. So she says, they're not problems. You can see my phone when I'm when we're married. So things are not going great. But out of respect to the family and the mother, he's still going to go to dinner with them because at this point, canceling would be a huge faux pas. So they soon get to the home where dinner for dinner with the, with the mom, her daughters, and her younger brother, um, Violet's younger brother, is also there. So the worst thing that Violet fears is that uh, you know Riley's going to lose his temper and things are going to go bad and he's going to be asked to leave the house. So then – they come in and then the daughters are in the kitchen with the mom and the, everybody's in the kitchen. The daughters come out and like, I don't know, it looked weird to me. It seemed to me they were genuinely surprised to see him. Like they're like, oh my God, oh, but they say it was just, they were gen- they were genuinely surprised about how tall he was. They're like, oh my God, some giant, he's a giant, he's in our house. <laughs> so when they all sit down, he, get, he gets out the presents. He gives the daughters lipstick, purses, and looks like Jordans, definitely Nikes of some sort. So the mom is already – her mom though is already offended because there were gifts for her daughters but no gifts for mom and that's supposed oh, to be no. a, a customary thing. Yeah. So they bring out the food and Riley is too nervous even to eat white rice because he knows that the hard questions are about to come. So then mom takes that as a cue that maybe I should start asking the hard questions. Like <laughs> what's the deal with your short temper? Like – and his answer, to the, his answer to about his temper was, well, you know, I just get angry when people lie to me. So <laughs> I just hate yeah. dealing with liars. So at that point, that's when the um, – that's when the daughters are like, eh, maybe don't call our mom a liar in front of us. That would be cool. Uh, that seems a little strong. And then they start talking about the thing that happened today with the messaging. So mom thinks eh, – if this is like your honeymoon phase and you're not happy now, things are only going to get worse after you get married, jealousy-wise. I mean, because after all, Riley, you have nothing to worry about because all Vietnamese women are faithful. That doesn't seem like mm. probably true. Um, so right. the rest of the family, the rest of the family, kind of is on the train of the obvious thing. Like, uh, if you guys don't trust each other, this isn't going to work. So then Riley is just like, okay, I promise to try to trust him. But Violet jokes again that like, you, I don't believe you. You're not going to do that. And at least this time he recognizes it as a joke. I mean, so I mean, I'm curious as the way it goes as what you think having me explain it because to me and maybe I put it there with it. I just Violet's stories don't really add up, and it it, it and I'm I'm to me and it, does it sound that way when I explain it too? You know what it honestly sounds like? She doesn't like the guy, right? Yeah. Uh, it kind of and it kind of sounds like he's justified it in his mind by saying like, "Oh, we have this weird sense of humor." Because I mean, I remember that from one of the first episodes that we saw of them is like you know them kind of like the their way of teasing is just like all right that doesn't okay do you guys even like each other because it is of the variety of and i can't remember exactly what was said but like yeah you have a stupid face and it's just like 
you don't say that to someone that you're actually interested in. I don't yeah. know. It's just a very weird sense of humor. And I feel like Violet is using how she really feels about him as a joke, right? Calling him fat and ugly, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I think she really feels that way about him. And he takes it like, oh, well, she's with me, so she must just be kidding. And so uh -huh. he tries to dish it back, but it doesn't have the same effect because she doesn't really care if he's into her or not. And I feel like she's been playing yeah, this I'm whole relationship out. Like, she doesn't give a crap if she loses him. And she might as well just treat him poorly. And that if he leaves her, then she feels no guilt about it. Yeah, I mean, it, she definitely gives off the air of if this guy just breaks it off and goes home, I don't really give a fuck. Like, it does not right. matter, right? Like, and and that's part of what I think their relationship issues are is at least the way she's talking about. I mean, let's go with this: the way she's talking about it now is very much like she feels like this is a um, she feels that this is just like the beginning of a relationship. You're just you're starting to date somebody. And like he's asking for things that are that are just way too far down the line, right? Like right. you would never go – if you're, you know, met somebody on a dating app on date three, you're not going to be like, let me see your phone. Like that would be very right. weird, right? Yeah. And then the person would be like, oh, we're definitely not doing date four. That is not happening, right? Um, yeah. And and that's kind of where she that, where she says that. Now – that doesn't add up with the other things she's done prior to being on the season. That doesn't comport with her – them blocking each other and her getting in touch with his dad, for instance, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I don't know if she's just trying to kind of – and so and so that makes it feel to me like she's playing games where she's trying to be make sure she has the upper hand because she doesn't care as much as he does about this. So whatever, yeah. you lose her, right? But I'm definitely on the same page. This is just – and I – uh, you can say it's cultural, but I don't know if it is cultural. This just isn't – it's not good – I, it, I would say good-natured fun, but it's not even fun. It's like you – know, you know, it's a kind of like – it reminds me of like the in high school, right? The guy who's like, oh, like the class clown, right? The class clown was never – in most high schools I've been, been a part of, in a high school I went to, they're not actually funny. They just make the most quote-unquote jokes. But their jokes were very often, you're fat, you're stupid, look at your dumb hair, ha ha, I'm the class clown. It's like none of <laughs> none of those are jokes, man. Like you didn't say anything clever. You just said your hair looks dumb. You look like you're you're stupid. You're you're fat. Like it and it, it, they're not clever enough to be jokes. And it's not like I definitely know people who make jokes and you know go with like, you know, the parts of some you know physical stuff, right? Like I don't. I would. I can't imagine ever making a joke about my partner's physical appearance. That is like for things that aren't choices, right? Like, oh, you're. I would never make a fat joke about my girlfriend. Oh, good lord, that sounds awful. That's like the worst thing. <laughs> you wouldn't right? have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just like mm, that's a very good way to never have a girlfriend again, right? But even like you know, sometimes we'd be like, ha ha, look at this old picture and this crazy outfit you are wearing. Isn't that funny? Ha ha ha. And like I've known some people to be like. You know, oh, I really love your, I really love your tummy, right? Like, and they say, go oh, look at the big fat tummy. I love your tummy, like those kind of things. Yeah. But she doesn't say she loves the things she's making jokes about. She's like, 
Isn't he ugly? Look at my ugly partner. He's ugly. And so I don't yeah. understand. I, I don't know that she's doing it to purposely make him mad. Like I do think she means it's supposed to be a joke. It just doesn't – it just doesn't add – it just doesn't make any sense. No. And I – going back to what you were saying about cultural stuff, I don't think it's necessarily a cultural thing for really any cultures to make fun of someone. I do think it is pretty common outside of American cultures to be more honest about mm-hmm. – about things, right? And not kind of tiptoe around and, you know, give your little white lies about like, oh, no, that looks great on you. You know, like, I certainly think there are cultures outside of American cultures that are like, you know, people are more honest. And so that's why I kind of feel like her quote humor is based on how she actually feels about him because it's like that honesty portion. But you can't be that honest in American culture, right? So you can't just right. go up to someone. I don't care if it is your partner and be like, you're ugly and old looking. Even if that's what your truth is, you can't say that to someone in American culture. It's very insulting. So it's like, she kind of has to put a spin on it. Like her culture meets American culture is basically like, yeah, I'm going to say the honest truth, but it's a joke. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, honestly, the her jokes feel a lot like, um, like the old like think about an old hack comedian guy, right? And he oh, makes like jokes about how roasted. much. Yeah, yeah, but it's almost like no. I was actually thinking like they don't usually hit their face, right? But you ever have those old hacky joke guys making jokes about their wives, right? Mm. And it's like, oh, hi, wife, remember? And it's like, do you hate your wife? Like, and yeah. she's not making jokes at the wife. It'll be like a stand-up, right? Being like, well, my wife is blah, blah, blah. And it just, the jokes all sound like, sounds like you hate your wife, man. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like that, they seem, they seem of a, like, of, of a style with that. And so it seems just like really hacky and really go. But like, I don't know. I also don't know what I feel, how I feel about the, um, what's it called? The, 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 oh, this is my BFF teacher guy. And him like also overreacting to the picture because Mm -hmm. I feel like the picture doesn't mean much um, as much as he wants because it's not like she gets to pick what picture's there, right? And I was like, I was like, there's a nine time, not, you know, uh, uh, greater than average chance, better than 50% chance that she's talking to this guy on WhatsApp and that's his WhatsApp profile picture. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I saw a guy without a shirt on. She's like, well, yeah, I literally can't change that picture. That's the picture that he gives to edit. It comes up on everybody's phone when this guy texts people. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that because, I mean, you need more background on, uh, you know, like, what? Is it an Android or an iPhone? Like, what app is she using to message them in? Because you do have some element of control sometimes. But you're right. Depending on the context, you may not. Well, my, my assumption is always that just people who are not in the United States are not using either they're not texting and they're not using iMessage. Like they're using something, they, whether it be, you know, um, I, I, I know uh, WhatsApp, what's the one that something else is diff- is more popular in China? Um, I know than WhatsApp, but like everybody else, it's only America where we actually text each other. We're the weird ones. Hmm. All right, moving along. Let's go to, oh man, we only have two more. Uh, oh, three okay. more. Let's go to the new guys. Let's go to the new people. 
So we have new people, which oh, I'm hoping goodness. means that Tyree is not much longer for the show. Um, so we have Statler and Dempsey is her partner, but we don't meet her yet. So we meet Statler, who is 33 from Irving, Texas, and she in- is introducing herself and like looking for bugs. I guess she's an amateur entomologist, but because they are, bugs are weird outcasts just like her. She says that people always thought she was a weirdo growing up, and she blames that mostly on her ADHD. So she tells us she works from home, or at least has since COVID, working, um, doing like accounting for a freight company. So that doesn't really go all that well with her ADHD, the working from home. So she only gets like 15-minute chunks of work done at a time before she gets distracted by something. So she tells us about her family life, um, and she she says she was adopted by a family that had like two older brothers and like that was the one way they could guarantee that they had a girl was to adopt one. So she didn't – she always kind of felt like she was a disappointment to the family because she didn't do as well in school and also she came out as gay and it, it wasn't great. But after that, you know, when she went to kind of find herself, she's done pretty well in the dating department um, and she tells us about many of her sexual adventures including lots of women at a time, elevator sex and – she just goes on a lot of personal details with that. Okay. So but even with all that, she's had trouble, you know, no trouble hooking up, but she's had trouble finding love. Um, so we switched then. Uh, so because of that trouble, she switched her location to the UK on a dating app because eh, she thinks UK accents are hot. So that's how she first met Dempsey, who is 28 and from England. So um, Statler was down all as soon as Dempsey left the voicemail with her British accent. So it's seven months into their relationship and she's going over there to England and she's hoping that if everything goes right, eh, she'll just come back, pack her stuff and then move to England and they can get married. Uh, which uh, I'll, this is the point where you say Dempsey is not actually aware of that situation. So, oh, goodness. Mm. <laughs> so producers are very interested in the hungry man dinner that she's eating and she's explaining this. And I say they're interested just because as she's talking this through, they just keep focusing on the food. That she's eating oh, and it's just – it's All literally right. just a hungry man dinner. So, okay. Yeah, I don't know with that. But we get a lot – while she does that, it's like, oh, it's worth the risk. I have to take a chance at love, blah, 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 all that stuff. So next we see uh, Statler packing up her – she like is getting overalls out. But she's really there to talk things out with her friend Sai. So her and Sai have known each other for about three years and they're going to what she describes as a chocolate sex place to have a conversation. It was – a thing. So Stadler hasn't been talking as much to Dempsey because right now Dempsey is on a one-month vacation in Thailand with her dad and they're actually getting to London at the same time. Like Dempsey's coming back from Thailand and, and, and Stadler's coming from Texas. But anyway, the chocolate sex place they go to um, is – it really just is a cocktail bar that has a lot of sex puns everywhere and like on the menu and stuff. So Sai asks how things are going with – uh, going with Dempsey and Statler's a little worried that Dempsey might be too vanilla for her sexually, um, which is the point where they get their, their their the shots that they ordered, which are like they have like foam or ice cream on top. And then the server comes up with a bunch of like double entendres to eat it. And they're like, oh, oh, first lick just the tip and blah, 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 blah. It's it, it's a it's a very weird place. Um, anyway, so. They get back to the conversation and Sai says, maybe Statler might want to try to take things slow on this one. But she doesn't know how you can do that if you're just going to move – if you're dating somebody from long distance. You kind of have to go jump in with two feet or be out. 
Um, but also that's when we learned that this wasn't – this isn't the first time she's done this. And by this, I mean date someone from England, go over there with the intention to marry them <laughs> – Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So she had another person that she met on this this dating app when she had her location set and it got really serious really quickly um, only to have this woman kind of get scared of how fast things were moving and dump her. But Hmm. things – but – and that's where we see this. Things might not be all the way done with that. So Statler says she has no intention. She's not going to meet with with this ex. um, But – this ex has been texting her and wants to meet her at the airport, basically being like, I made a huge mistake. We never should have broke up. I want you back. You're my person. So uh, after that, okay. yeah. so after all that, she's afraid that this is just going to be a repeat with, with Dempsey. So then it's actually time to pack up for the trip. So the packing is overwhelming for her because of her ADHD, uh, because there's like, you know, so many things you have to remember and concentrate on. So for her, it's just chaos. So the next day, she at least has something in her bags together and she's ready to go to the airport. So she says a lack of communication since, since Dempsey's been in Thailand has her feeling insecure about everything, which means that she's not feeling so great gastrointestinally. So in the van to the airport, she gets a text from Dempsey saying that you know, she, they, she very well might miss her connecting flight to London because she's it's you know the flight's in two hours. They haven't left Thailand yet. It takes an hour and a half to fly from Thailand, so wherever they're connecting from. So they might not be at the airport at the same time, and who knows when Dempsey would get there. So this is not helping her nerves at all. So logically, she knows that she thinks that it's stupid to do this all again, all again, but it's love and you have to do stupid things for love. Okay, so I guess my question and the one I like came to my head when I, I did that, if she ends up at the airport, you know, a day or two before Dempsey she's gets there. Maybe Dempsey the has to go. Yeah, she's for is she sure gonna call the ex? ex. <laughs> I thought she was gonna call the ex even like if she got uh if Dempsey was delayed, it's like, uh-huh. well, you know, if the ex is offering to pick her up and meet her at the airport, she's gonna take <laughs> her up on it. She for sure yeah. is. I mean Yeah, that that's that's she just, was, it's just she was thinking she was gonna marry this other person. You know, it's yeah. like, well, you know, you have serious feelings about this person, or you did, and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you just move on because you have to, right? And, right. you know, I don't know if you can really compare two people, like, how you love them, like, you know, oh, I love this person more. It's more like, well, at this point in time, I love this person, Whereas in mm-hmm. the past, I loved this other person. But you can't really compare, like, who you love more, like, you know, if we're kind of thinking about this as, like, you can only think about it as, like, a snapshot, right? And so sure. yeah. I just I just really think, like, if this person re-enters her life, you know, that's a really difficult decision. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that – I mean, I think you're right. I think it's – well, I think as any, I feel like as anybody who has been, you know, around and has experienced like any kind of life, and she's a little bit younger than us, but like, you know, you've been in love with multiple people, right? And like, that's something that you, and you can't compare. You're right. You can't compare those two things. You can't be like, well, let me just objectively think about which person I love more. And it's like, well, right. clearly the person that I used to love. I don't love as much now, but 
maybe I love them more than than I do this other person. It's not a thing you can compare. They're not. It's not a comparable like unit, right? But that said, it's hard to tell where that would be at when in this kind of situation where she, I don't know, Statler never really processed her feelings. Never, I don't know that she ever got to the point that she was no longer in love with this other person because the other person broke it off, right? Yeah. There's another thing going on with Statler. Like she has a thing where she needs to feel secure in a relationship. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. why she's trying to rush towards this marriage thing, right? She's trying to lock it down, get these people to commit so she can feel secure like they're not going to leave, right? And so Dempsey not being there, I think what she's going to be weighing isn't necessarily who she loves more, you know, who these people are as individuals. What she's really weighing more is what's a for sure thing? Is it this person or this person? Like, that's how I could see her really viewing this, right? Yeah, I mean, she definitely made it sound like she she wants to make it sound like she's over the ex. Like, she, she really did. She's like, oh, no, right. she broke my heart. I could never possibly again. And that's something that's really easy to say when you're not talking to somebody. Right. But when they pick you up from the airport and you fall into the same old patterns you fell into before and they're apologetic – and they want to get back together and it feels right in a lot of the same ways it felt right the first time, right? That she was ready mm-hmm. to move for this person. And things get harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many of these how many of these 90 Day Fiance cast people have you heard? I will never go back to this person ever again just for them to like continue their relationship with them, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And and so, yeah, it just it, – it doesn't seem like a great – I mean, it definitely seems like we're going to get a, a decent love triangle here because there's no way possible this ex does not come up <laughs> in this right. in this storyline. Oh um, and yeah, it's just it, – it's her – and part of it is because you like did literally the same thing. That just seems – it seems nuts to me to be like, oh man, I had this horrible situation. Or I was ready to get married. It was – it broke my heart and like you're ready to do it again within a year? Of that, like yeah. that seems, yeah. that seems nuts to me. I, I, I just, I, I guess, I never understand why people don't just say. That's why I get the impression that she's just trying to lock something down, get into a relationship. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll see. So let's go to people who are other people who are locking things down. Let's talk. Let's talk. Oh, let's stay in London and talk about Christian and Cleo. There's two people, two stories that are in London. It's like, could you get lazier? By the way. Like the least exotic (laughs) foreign city imaginable. Like the only way they could have done worse is if they were both in Toronto. So (laughs) we're counting down to Christian landing in London. So Cleo says that she's looking great and she's serving fish, which she explains to us, to me as well as producers, that that means giving off really some real cis woman realness is the way she says it. So on the way to the airport, she tells us that she really doesn't like the airport due to her autism as it gets easily overwhelming. So she's hoping that Christian wants to kiss when they meet, but is going to let him make the first move due to his recent backpedaling. So she's worried that he won't see – he won't see her as as, as feminine as he was hoping and she's pretty insecure about it. So we switch to to Christian who's worried that there will be no chemistry between the two of them. So then we get to some of the – 
the standard things we always see, you know, the local waiting outside customs, the traveler freshening up in the bathroom, maybe not quite as long as it took Darcy, but still bathroom face washing. And he comes out and he gives her a hug first, like they embrace it a real big hug. And then he kind of breaks the hug, you know, and looks at her and then kisses her. So he apologizes. She apologizes for being too tall, mainly because she wore like four inch heels. And in an interview oh. says that she can't believe – she can't believe what's what, – like how this is going because – and this is what I'm thinking. He is totally out of her league. So – which I, I think is kind of wild because I don't think Christian's that uh, – Attractive. So Christian says that his his hesitancy and doubt melted away um, and the kiss felt good. But he's tired once he get out of the airport. So now that he's in England, Christian has some thoughts about the appropriate side of the road to drive on because American jokes – and he says things are still a bit awkward and he's hoping that that's going to go away soon. So Cleo says that she felt the same chemistry here as she did with him online, but is feeling a lot of pressure to be kind of as feminine as possible since this is his first experience with a trans woman. So they come into the house and he meets the cats and he kind of like what she calls him like, oh, hi, prick kitties. I brought your daddy. And he's like, eh, maybe I'm more like an uncle. And then she's confused because he's like, does that mean like we're cousins or siblings or something that's not how this works but anyway he's <laughs> tired and he wants to get to the bedroom so uh he's trying to get ready for bed and it's like uh kind of you know we're gonna have this thing where they're gonna have to sleep in the bed together now and like he doesn't know is there gonna be cuddling is there gonna be kissing is there gonna be making out uh, right so it's a, he, he said it's a new relationship he doesn't want to rush anything he doesn't want to force anything you know especially for somebody he cares about so much but you know, he also doesn't want to let her down. So Cleo says that she's really getting a lot of mixed signals from him, but she's willing to give him a day or so to kind of come around and for things to get less awkward. So, I mean, do you think that he's going to come around in a day or so and things are going to get less awkward? Or do you think it's going to kind of stay at a similar level where it is right now? This kind of that. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because, I mean, how many of these couples have we seen on this show where it's like they're jet lagged right all they want to do is go to bed and it's like the next day they're like a whole new person i mean i feel that way too right it's It's like you're not catching me at my best um i don't feel like doing anything really that requires me to be awake you know, so I, I don't know. I just feel like just give it a day. I know that it's difficult because you think like, oh, well, the excitement of seeing this person or meeting this person should outweigh mm-hmm. any kind of sleep deprivation you're feeling or any exhaustion you're feeling. But right. I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think everyone is wired that way. Some people are very easily excitable, right? Where it's like they are excited. Right. It doesn't matter that they've traveled right. for a really long time. And some people just aren't. So, the travel thing is always is tricky too, especially going to. I mean, it, you, most of the time when you go to Europe, at least I forget where he's from. Is it is it closer to the East Coast or the West Coast? Yeah, but it's it's awkward. Just the the time difference is no, that's saying the time awkward. difference because because yeah, when I go to Europe, it's like when I get there, it's the middle of the night my time, and I've been up all night, and then it's six a.m. Yeah. And it's like, yes. uh, you want me to go through a whole day? And you try to right. because you know that's going to adjust you better, right? If you can make it through to a reasonable time before you fall asleep, right? But yeah. most of that day, you're just like – you're just kind of out of it. I can't do that. I can't I can't nap. That's my problem. 
is naps don't yeah. work for me. If I nap, my whole schedule is off. So I need to make it till like, you know, seven or eight so I can be like, okay, this is an okay time to fall asleep. Um, mm-hmm. But, but like it's, but that whole day that I'm trying to get through it, it's like, you know, almost like an out of body experience. You're like, everything's foggy, right. like you got nothing, right? And, and, and I can, and that does make it hard to get excitable. It does. And it does for something as delicate as like the chemistry you have with another person that you're literally just meeting for the first time in person that could certainly throw that off. Sure. That said, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just don't think he's going to be into it. (laughs) Like I really don't. Well, I mean, I haven't seen this couple at all. So I I'm going off of simply what you've said, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm I'm curious about. I think he feels bad that he that it kind of icks him out, right? And yeah, he doesn't want to say that it icks him out because he thinks that makes him look like a bigot, right? And so he's kind of mm-hmm. like playing along is going to find other reasons about like the chemistry just isn't the same as when we were online, you know, like, and, and I I think Cleo kind of feels that coming as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes, but also if it goes the way I think it's going to go, it makes me feel really shitty because I like Cleo and like, I think she's, she doesn't deserve that shit. Right. All right. All right. So let's hit up with the last ones we had in this episode. And that was David and Sheila. So we get to David and Sheila and they're still in bed. They're cuddling and they're saying like, good morning, using the phone, you know, text to speech or whatever. So he says he waited two years for last night and wow. And then they were also pretty upfront and graphic about what happened. So (laughs) he said it was awkward at first, but pretty soon they got, they got into sync. Well, kind of into sync. David tells us, and he literally says, uses banana and donut to explain what happened about how his banana was too excited and he had trouble getting it into her donut. So like, and then even like, in case you weren't sure what he was talking about, does the you know, the famous, like, Paul and Karini, the finger and the fingers thing. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he does that, and which they blur out. It's weird what they just heard to blur out this time. So well, she, because it doesn't mean a proposal in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Karini, so, that's how it was supposed to mean. It was supposed to mean a proposal. <laughs> oh, man. So... She said that last night wasn't really comfortable for her because it's been a long time for her. And, eh, you know, we kind of already went through how when things went down. So they tell us out loud that they were they had to settle for oral stuff, which is awkwardly explained by both of them. So David says oh that it's gosh. been four years since he's had sex. And it's funny. Th- th- this was kind of funny because she asked him, like, well, four years. What have you been doing in the meantime? So he kind of looks at her funny and just, like, makes the hand jacking motion. Like, this is what I've been doing. What do you think? <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> we move on from that and we talk about the plan for today, which is to go meet her family. So while uh, she's getting ready, he starts to unpack his stuff a little bit and he brings the gift that he got for her, which is like, a bunch of different resources to help her learn ASL. So he also teaches her this time the, the sign for his name. Instead of having to spell out David, there's a sign for his name. So she didn't even know that existed. She thinks that's pretty neat. So they sit down to one of their like – I don't know. Um, 
I guess it was something they had talked about earlier, like to show how much they trust each other. They sit down on the bed and just trade phones with each other and then, yeah. you know, go through them to see it. And so Sheila, Sheila sees his picture of an old friend and is already getting concerned because David in the text like chain had said, had asked, do you have a boyfriend? And then he explains, oh, well, yeah, one of my friends wanted to know if she was single. Like, and so I asked her. So Sheila's like, all right, I go, okay, I guess. I don't like this lady though. But she says she wants to trust David, but just doesn't there yet. So we catch up with them later and Sheila is giving uh, David a taste of her culture and homeland by taking him to the marketplace. So the first thing he notices about the marketplace is the smell and how the butchers are just like all out in the open, which is new for him. He even worked in a supermarket and he was like, listen, I worked around meat and stuff and food and it <laughs> did not smell like this. So she tries – she tries to show him something – she tries to get him to eat something pretty safe by giving him some crispy pork, which is good. And he's like, yeah, that was good. I like that. But is not interested in the dried squid. So he talks about a lot about how nice it feels to actually get to touch Sheila now. And they stop to have a conversation as David – you know, she asks, are you happy we met? I'm like on the phone. It was definitely a kind of awkwardly, OK, guys, stop and talk. We need to have a conversation that we film. So they, he says, yes, they are happy. He is happy that she got to meet her, but they have a lot to learn about each other. For instance, when was your last relationship? And she talks about that and she says it ended because uh, he was cheating on her. And David said, well, that happened to me too. And that relationship lasted for four years. So then Sheila in her head is kind of already comparing herself to the ex. Like and she was like, wait, wait, could your ex sign? And David's like – Oh, yeah. On an interview, we see him be like, oh, yeah, she was deaf, too. So communication was a lot easier with her. Um, and I probably don't want to say that to Sheila right now. So I need to back out of this as quickly as possible. So oh, he just says, you know, so he kind of says something about like, oh, yeah, no, no. I think we are should be talking. We, we should be focused on the present. We don't we don't need to talk about exes and stuff that that might not be a good idea. So <laughs> that's kind of where we left them. So, I mean. I feel like this is the first time we've actually seen kind of any cracks in theirs and it's definitely uh, Sheila's jealousy. So, I mean, what do you – do you think that's going to be a big impediment to what's going on based on what I said? Uh, based on what you said, I'd be more concerned about their sex life <laughs> uh, because it seems like that's what Sheila was really excited about, right? Like the, her whole market scene with her girlfriends. Yeah, so – I mean, I think that will work out long term, but yeah, they definitely both were like, oh yeah, we did stuff. Like it was okay, but we did, they didn't actually have sex. But I also think that's just like, I don't know, you just need to do more stuff first, man. Like <laughs> more foreplay, like we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, that was a big concern because it seems like she was – anticipating a lot more for sex just in general so yeah i don't know you're right first times can be awkward and not go according to what you may envision it but which i think I don't was know. a little uh, it, yeah it was a little it was a little weird because like they both were like oh yeah well not both but david was specifically like it was awkward at first which it always is but then, mm -hmm. you know, this is what I used to, but then you usually fall into the groove and things go fine. But like, I definitely don't consider we tried and the parts didn't fit to be really farty falling into the groove. 
right? <laughs> like it was like, oh, we weren't ready to do that. Like so we just, you know, we just, you know, stopped short of that and did, uh, did other stuff and it was great and we both had fun. That's one thing. But to be like, eh, let's – no, you need to stop that. Like anytime you need to stop that comes up involved, I would not be like, yeah, it was very smooth. We were very in sync with each other. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. To me, that's more concerning than – her jealousy. Um, yeah, because I don't think it, David just doesn't seem like the kind of person who's staying in contact with his exes as well. You know, if he's so yeah, for sure mm-hmm. easy to give up his phone and they have their whole exchange um, and they have that kind of understanding. I just don't think David is going to give Sheila that much reason for her to be jealous now, it doesn't may, mean yeah. she can't make a mountain out of a molehill like she kind of did with the suspicious friend shipping that yeah, he was trying to do. I thought was even weirder because like the one thing I left out of that is it, it, all we saw, they had blurred the entire conversation. But you could mm-hmm. see that on the chain was clearly this a woman holding a, a baby. Right. Oh, and so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe now, but who knows how old this text is, you know? She could have changed her profile picture. Yeah, and so I'm like it, – well, it was definitely a picture she sent to him of, of, of her oh, – like, I guess I would assume okay. it was her holding a baby. Cause, but I could also see that come up with like somebody like, oh, like – but it's somebody you don't know that well, right? And you're like, oh, you have a kid? Mm-hmm. Do you have a boyfriend? Like I know you're not married. Do you yeah. like have a boyfriend? That would come up when you see that there was a child because clearly they made this child with someone, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean. I don't know. But I, I also I also kind of got the impression on that one that these two people, especially Sheila, is not a good actress. And it seems <laughs> it seems more obvious for her when the, when production is like putting up, all right, find something on the phone, Sheila. Come on. Got to mention something. Find something. She's like, oh, OK. Why does this, this guy thing? like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But other than that, they're just, I don't know, they're going along. I think I, I just, this does seem like, like a couple that they're going to try to not, you know, give us too much to to hate both of these people. Because most of the other ones, well, I feel like I we're going to hate a lot say, of them. Yeah, I was just going to say that if Sheila is as bad of an actress as you say she is, then it's like, these are just two somewhat wholesome people who found each other. Yeah. Basically, yeah, that's basically yeah. what's going on. Like, <laughs> it's, right, it's it makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So that was everybody. We did not hear from like we didn't hear from Amanda and Rosvin. We did not hear yeah. from Tyre and Carmela, which I hope we don't hear any more from Tyre. I, I kind of hoping that you know Stadler is replacing Tyre, and we didn't hear from yeah. Misha and Nicola either. So we yeah. had a lot of, lot of, lot of people MIA on this one. So of the people. Um, I talked about first um, students of the week. I would, I would, I probably say Cleo is my student of the week. Um, like I said, I, I like her. I like that she's kind of tempering her expectations appropriately based on the things. I just think I think it's funny that it, the uh, that we have a person who's autistic that is like better at reading like hmm, feeling some mixed signals here than the people who are you know. Um, than the people who aren't autistic, right? And it's like, isn't that what's supposed to be harder for autistic people? I don't understand why everybody else is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I actually can't really even think of one. I mean, yeah, Sheila, it, it was tough. maybe. Uh, just for not forcing David to eat something weird at the marketplace. I mean, finding oh, yeah, something she that didn't. he likes. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. offered it to him. She offered him the squid. It's like she was like, "I really like this," but I mean, the crispy pork is like a pork rind. Like it's not even that. It's not even yeah, anything different yeah, than yeah. you get in the U.S. Right, right. So I don't know. All right, <laughs> she isn't making him experiment with anything. All right. So what about class dunces? Um, oh God, I would that go one was with a lot easier. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Violet, actually. I went with Violet as well. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't even seem like she really likes the guy. And you're going to It doesn't seem like she likes the guy. It definitely seems like there. It's a little gaslighty, to be honest. Like when he's like, Uh she's like, I never lied to you. And he's like, what about these three things that you admitted you lied to me about? And she's like, well, not actually. If you would have listened, you'd have known I didn't lie. And it's like, but you did. It's it's yeah, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. I got the same impression. All right. So on to life lessons. Um, There has – you have – people who go to this show have to figure out how to talk about their sex life in a way that isn't (laughs) overly – like that isn't overly, you know – concealing and like, well, what about it? But also isn't like my banana didn't go into her donut. Like we need something better than that. (laughs) There has to be a more happy medium because we had a lot of people between Gino and Jasmine, David and Sheila and Stadler being like very explicitly open about like, like, okay. So I even left that out. Stadler described Dempsey as somebody who like walked out of a wet dream. And I was like, you, what? Like, why would, why would you, you know, like, is it, does it even count as a wet dream when a girl has it? I don't know. This is so confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. So my life lesson goes to Stadler. It's like, you should not be talking to your ex if you are in another relationship and you are not trying to revisit that situation, you know, like. This scenario shouldn't even be happening right now. There should be no potential third side to this love triangle. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, just cut them off. It's just they also are just going to – I know it's going to be three people who have that 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 personality type where they're just like, you know, the kind of person who after a, after, after a second or third date is like, this is my life partner. I'm completely in love with this person. I, yeah. it, this is my forever thing. And it's like, oh, no, this is – that's a bad thing to do like three times in a row. <laughs> you end right, up with, that's right. how you end up with these weird triangles going on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So we will be back kind of same format again next week. Uh, I still have – Eight more days on this boat. So oh we'll man, jeez! All right, yeah, so we'll be yeah. doing this again. We'll still be cut. Co- we'll still be just covering the um this one, the before the ninety days. Maybe when you get off the boat, we might modify something. But with you right. on the boat, sure. it's just too much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. and there's also okay. another one coming up in August, by the way. That we are. I'm oh, not watching. You are kidding me? What is the yeah. one in August? It's like okay, so the one in August is supposed to be like. It looks like they took 90-day couples. Yes, the last resort. Last resort. 
And yes, no, I'm not watching I've heard about it because this. it's freaking Ed and it's Angela and it's Kalani and it's Swelu. Like I'm not watching it. It's all people you don't want to. Yeah, it's um supposed yeah. to be like a couples therapy situation, like a uh, uh, marriage boot camp. Yeah, but it looks like they're like, oh, let's just take a bunch of messed up 90 day couples and take them to the resort from Love Is Blind and just like stick right, them in there. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, Jovi and uh, Yara are on it. Um, but it's all yeah. these people that and and how they're trying to tease the show is like this is their last chance. Like are they better going be the last to chance to be on the show? Right, reconcile or are they going to uh, you know, leave each other forever? And I think Michael isn't even there. It's just Angela. <sighs> It's just because it's it's being filmed in Florida. Yeah. Stop giving Michael, stop giving Ed and Angela money. Like, seriously, please stop doing that. Yeah. Like, that's, it just drives me nuts. Right. All right. So, I'm not watching. I'm okay with them, but yeah. Oh, well, it was even worse. Colt was on the show originally. And then he ended up having some kind of like a leg injury or something like that. And they kind of were like, and uh, Vanessa got all pissed about how they treated him um, with production. So they ended up not being on the show and they're claiming that they will never do a 90 day fiance thing again. We'll see if that sticks. (laughs) Right. It's like that, like that, like that, you know, like that Donald Glover meme, just good. Like, <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time there guys right right so yeah uh no i put that in the category of like the the single life we haven't covered the single life right but i yeah, put that in sure. the same category yep. as that right yeah yeah that sounds about right mm-hmm. yeah all right so until next week uh we'll all see right. you then okay okay see everybody then bye all right bye